Good morning again, church. Good to see you all here. I know probably for several of you it's been uh, a, a quick weekend. It's been a, probably a lot of things to do. I know there's grad parties going on, mothers probably uh, visiting for Mother's Day. So hope that you are having a, a blessed weekend this weekend. I always struggle with one-off sermons on special days like today. Uh, so I was struggling with what to say. So I figured I would probably just do something pretty encouraging and keep it short. So uh, I accept PayPal, Venmo, <laughs> Um, cash app, and I'll just keep those open, and the more I see coming in, the shorter we'll go. How about that? <clears throat> All right, so for those of you who've, uh, who, who've we've, we've spoken before, you know that I like to play some games a little bit um, in some of my lessons. So this morning, what I'd like to do is, first of all, I'd like for us to do a little bit of a word association. So I'm going to show you some words up on the screen. And then I want you to think about, you know, what comes to mind whenever I show these words up on the screen, all right? So when I show these words, what comes to mind when I, when I put them up here? So the first one here, charming, charming. What do you think of when you think of charming? What do you think of when you see the word elegant, elegant? What do you think of... When you see the word lovely, what do you think of when you see the word pretty? What do you think of when you see the word wonderful? Now, I'm going to stop here, and guys, if you've not got the hint yet (laughs) that this was your opportunity to either... Bump your mom or your wife or whatever, then I don't know if I can help you anymore. Um, All right, let's play another quick game. And this one I want us to think about, uh, we're going to play a word scramble here. So I've scrambled up some words. These are words that we might hear from a young mother, all right, in, in honor of Mother's Day here. So help me unscramble these words if you can. All right, unscramble the word for me. Here you go. All right, so the word is asleep. Very good. I'm tired. I need a nap, right? That's what we promised you. Okay, that's this afternoon. All right, what about this one? How about this one? Any guesses? All right, if you unscramble this one, you might see the word drained. All right, I am feeling drained, so tired. Okay, how about another one? Let's look at this one. All right, get away from me. All right, annoyed, I need some space. All right, let's take a look at another one here. Two words. All right, very good. Burned out, burned out. And the last one we'll take a look at this morning is, all right, very good. The last one here is empty. It's empty. Um, I know that sometimes when, when we're running around, I know especially with moms, but this could be for anybody, you run around and you just, sometimes we feel drained, sometimes we feel empty. I know that um, it's, it's funny because at our house, it seems like, We'll have dinner, 
and then after dinner we'll do some stuff and my wife will come in and she'll clean the kitchen and then she flips the lights off and that's the sign for kitchen's closed. (laughs) And then what happens like 15 minutes after that? Here the lights come on, all the plates and the bowls and the start things start coming out, cereals poured, things are stuffed, and then what's left in the morning? A mess for mom to clean up again, right? And we just feel like we go and we go and we go, and sometimes we feel like we're drained. Sometimes we feel like we're empty. And what I want to encourage us with this morning is this verse from Isaiah chapter 45 and verse 18 that says this. For this is what the Lord says, he who created the heavens, he is God, he who fashioned and made the earth, he founded it, he did not create it to be empty, but formed it to be inhabited. He says, I am the Lord and there is no other. Did you catch that part in the middle where it's talking about God creating something and what does it say? He did not create it to be? God did not create your life to be empty. He created your life to be full. Our God is a God that loves to fill empty things. And so that's what I would like for us to look at this morning. God is there to fill the empty things. When you think about the creation, God created things, and what did he do? He created a sky, and then it says he put what? He put a couple of lights in the sky. And then it says the earth was kind of formless and didn't really have form, and what did he do? He brought some land up. So there was land and there was ocean, but then he said, well, that's kind of empty. I want to do something with that. So he started putting fish in the sea, and he started putting birds in the air, and then he put animals on the land, and he said, there's still something missing. I want people. And so he created the earth to be filled, and he creates our lives to be filled as well. So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to look through Scripture at several different things that God filled and take some lessons from that. So let's look at a couple of different things this morning. The first one we're going to look at is from Luke chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. And you know the story. If you want to turn there, you can. It's the story of Jesus' birth. We know the story of Jesus' birth when uh, his parents were going, they were looking for a place to stay, and there was no room at the inn for them, and so they ended up having to go out where the animals were, and they had their baby, and they placed the baby in a manger. What is a manger used for? What's another word that we might use for manger? A trough, okay? It's a place where animals are fed. So this trough was used to just containing things for animals to eat, right? What I want us to see this morning is that when God fills us, he fills us with purpose. This lowly manger, this little trough that had always held things for animals to eat, in this moment held the greatest treasure ever on earth. Just think about that for a moment. A manger, a trough, has now become a celebrated thing for us because that trough now has great purpose. It holds the Son of God that comes to take away the sins of the world. We may think sometimes that our life does not have purpose. 98% of life is completely mundane, right? You go through life and you do the same things over and over and over again. Sometimes you might feel like a trough. 
You just feel like you're there for the animals to come and, and eat, right? But I want us to understand that when God fills us up, he gives us a purpose that we could never have imagined for ourselves. Let's look at another example of something that God filled. This is the example of the nets from Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. And I'm going to go ahead and read that for us this morning. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. And then he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. So when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and they filled both boats so that they began to sink. See, sometimes these, these nets had been used and they were, they were catching absolutely nothing. What were those nets created to do? Catch fish. And they were not having any success. Sound familiar sometimes? You're going through life. You're doing the things that you think, this is going to bring me success. This is what I need. And nothing's happening. So sometimes by, like the example of the nets here, when God fills us, he fills us up in spite of ourselves. Jesus appears and says, Put the nets down one more time. And if you're Peter, sometimes you say the exact same thing. It's no use. I've been trying and trying, and there are no fish out there. If I keep doing the same thing, I keep getting the same result. Maybe you're out there saying, it's no use, God. I've been praying. I've been reading the Bible. I've been working hard, God. I've been doing all this. I deserve this, God. And Jesus comes along and says, yeah, but you've been doing it without me. Let me fill you up. And so I want to encourage us this morning that Jesus might come along and say, I know you've been trying hard, but do it one more time. And then sometimes in spite of yourself, like the nets, God will fill you up. Let's take a look at another one this morning. Another one is the example of the water jars. And this example is from John chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee, and Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. And when the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, Jesus, they have no more. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. And his mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Doesn't this sound like a mother? So Jesus is there and he says, mom, don't make me do this. And she's like, yeah, go ahead and do what he says. And I can just see her standing back as Jesus is about to do this miracle going, that's my baby. I'm so excited. Nearby, it says, stood six stone water jars the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. 
And then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine, and he did not realize where it came from, though the servants who drew the water knew. And then he called the bridegroom aside, and he said, everyone brings out the best wine first, and then the cheaper wine later, after the guests have had too much to drink, but you saved the best till now. So what I want us to understand from the water jars is that when God fills you, he makes you extraordinary. He makes you extraordinary. Have you ever felt like your life isn't making a difference? You hear all these motivational speakers and sometimes preachers that tell you you can be everything that you've ever dreamed of and have everything that you ever wanted, but maybe you feel like, I'll never get there. I'll never attain that. I'll never measure up. We feel like our lives are just plain, like a big jar of water. So often we feel like the things we do are ordinary. But to Jesus, even the smallest acts of kindness are extraordinary. To Jesus, even the smallest gift made out of a pure heart is extraordinary. When we let Jesus fill us and guide our actions, we become extraordinary. To the little girl who makes a bracelet for a stranger, you are extraordinary. To the teenage young man that sits down to chat with the new kid, you're extraordinary. To the mother that cooks dinner for the 1,756th time, you are extraordinary. To the elderly man that calls someone just to say you appreciate them, you are extraordinary. That's what God does when he fills us up like the water jars. Let's take a look at another one. We know this story as well. This is the story of the baskets. We know the story that there were a big crowd that came to listen to Jesus and he, he, uh, he, he turned, he, they, say they brought a little gift of a few fish and a few loaves of bread, and they said, Jesus, this is what we've got. We don't have enough money to go buy for everyone. And he said, just sit the people down and we'll feed them. And it says, the people sat down, Jesus took the loaves and the fish and gave thanks and broke them, and they just started handing them out. And what happened? What's the rest of the story? There was so much that... There were leftovers. In fact, there were 12 baskets of leftovers that were picked up. So what I want you to understand from the story of the baskets is that when God fills you up, he will fill you up to overflowing. He will fill you up so that there is leftover. Now, how many in here like leftovers? There's some people that don't like them, but I'm going to tell you something. There is nothing better than having a pot of chili, and then the next day, you make some rice And you pour that chili over it, and you put some Fritos and some sour cream and some cheese. And are we done yet? (laughs) The worst part of leftovers is when there's only a little bit and somebody else gets there before you. We often feel like there's not enough of me to go around. What I want us to understand is that when we let God fill us up, there's going to be plenty. And one thing that I'm learning as I, as I grow older is there's always someone that is going to need your help. There's never a time that you're going to get to 
when someone doesn't need you. So we have these little ones running around and we're taking care of them and we're worn out. And then as they get older, you're helping them with their homework and you may not have to feed them or whatever anymore, but you're helping them with other things. And then they get older and you're helping them pick out dresses and you're fixing their flat tires. And then they get older and they have their kids and then what are you doing? You're helping with the grandkids. And then you're getting older and one day your spouse says, I can't reach down there anymore. Can you what, clip my nails? Or whatever they ask you to do. There's never a time where someone doesn't need you. What I want us to understand is when we let God fill us up, that's when we have overflowing. If you're just working on things to fill yourself up, you're, you're gonna run out. You're gonna burn out. But when we let God fill us up, he fills us up so that there will be overflowing. There will be leftovers. And the last thing I want us to look at this morning is the story of the tomb. We all know the story of the tomb, and what I want to focus on is a little bit different this morning because usually when we think of the tomb, we think of what word to describe it? Empty. But I want us to focus on just one moment when the tomb was full. So think with me about this for just a minute. That tomb was designed to hold what? A dead body. That's what the tomb is designed for. And for one moment, something stirred inside that tomb. For one moment, this body took off the clothing that was over the face and sat up. For one moment, this tomb that was designed to hold something dead was holding something that was alive. When God fills us up, God fills us with life. So here we are sometimes thinking that everything in our lives is going to wind up dead. Sometimes we think our friendships or our jobs, our hopes, maybe even our marriages or our streak of staying sober, whatever it is, is just dead. There's no hope for it at all. But if that is you, I beg you to pray the most dangerous prayer and wonderful prayer that you have ever prayed, that God would fill you up. Because I believe that God is a God of resurrection. He doesn't let dead things stay dead. He delights in seeing things come back to life. Would you pray that prayer with me this morning? That God will fill us up and resurrect the things that we think are dead within us. Mothers and grandmothers, today I pray that you will be filled by seeing the blessings that God has placed in your life. Maybe you're out there and you're feeling full this morning, and I am so happy for you, and that is great. Celebrate that. But if you're out there this morning and you're feeling empty, we love you and we would love to pray for you this morning that God would fill you today. If you haven't yet started your walk with God and maybe you would like to learn more about baptism, we would like to help you with that. Or maybe you felt that you should be, uh, that you, you just, you've fallen away, that you've kind of walked away from God. We would love to pray. Whatever your need is, we're gonna have our shepherds and their wives at the doors. They'll be ready to pray with you uh, if needed. So I would like to close the lesson this morning by praying this prayer based on Ephesians chapter 3, verses 16 through 18, which was our scripture reading for today. So let's pray, and then after this, we'll, sing, uh, we'll, we'll stand and sing our song. Father in heaven, 
I pray that out of your glorious riches you may strengthen us with power through your spirit in our inner being so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. And I pray that we, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge so that we may be filled to the measure with all the fullness of God. Amen. Let's stand and sing together.